good morning, everybody, and welcome to this edition of AV Daybreak. This is Mark Coxon, and as always, I'm here with Jared Hillman. How are you, Jared? I'm doing very well. Yes, you're you're braving you're braving the winter. It's 20 degrees, or what would uh, I mean? It's uh, 70 degrees here. Oh, geez. This week, Fahrenheit, not yeah, Celsius, Fahrenheit. obviously. You're doing the you're doing the translation for me. I appreciate I'm, I'm that. I'm translating for you that. on the fly. You see how I do that? <laughs> no booth, no booth necessary. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's actually a turn of events this week, um, and and we're kind of living around that probably 65 to 75 degree weather Fahrenheit. Yeah. Wow. Which That's is really nice. nice. Gives me all gives me time to do all that yard stuff that I've procrastinated. Yeah, um, this is like the last. This is like that last chance that Mother Nature is giving me, where it's like, okay, you better take the cushions off your patio furniture. This is the last. <laughs> this is the last chance. Exactly. That's. And then it, next week she's gonna. She's gonna me. Yeah, she's yeah. gonna kill your tomatoes or whatever <laughs> yeah. you got going on out there. We um we had the same thing. We had a little burst this week. It was cool for a couple weeks, and then um. You know, which what cool is for first, here is what does that mean to you? Sixty degrees is cool. You know, like okay. Fahrenheit. So, yeah. you know, what's you know, so that's uh, and then um, which what if you do that and then divide by two, it's about fifteen <laughs> degrees, fifteen degrees Celsius. Yeah. Um, the uh, but for for us, yeah, it jumped back up to eighty one, eighty five degrees Fahrenheit. So we got we got pretty warm again all of a sudden. It's that it's that climate that's change. Nice. Climate change. Global warming. I think it's climate change. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. It must be the fire that's down the road. We had a bunch of another huge fire. More forest fires? For us, four miles from my house. It was, it uh, closed down oh, our, our freeways. I couldn't get out except on the side roads. So, anyways. That's crazy. The, yeah, it, didn't, it wasn't coming our way, so we were all right. It's crazy when you have, because we get affected by um, forest fires in California, British Columbia, and you know, the wind blows them this way. It's, it's, that, that's crazy to me. That's crazy to me that that, yeah, that, that smoke travels like that, you know? There was, um, people were getting, when I, I was hearing that people were getting ash on their cars in New Mexico from like the Washington state fires, because it was going wow. out to the ocean, heading south and then getting blown then back coming in. Coming back around. Yep. Coming back around in the south. So yeah, it's like a big, it's like a big whirly. I know some really pop. It just spins it around and (laughs) drops it somewhere. (laughs) I know know some shipping companies that could take some advice from, from fire smoke. Cause it seems, it sounds like it's really efficient in its uh, delivery and shipping companies getting, getting across borders is a, there's probably an algorithm there, Jared, you should build it. I will sell sell it to FedEx or UPS. I'll have to to think of a clever shipping name. (laughs) Cloudburst. Cloudburst. Cloudburst shipping. Yeah. Um, what else is going on? What's going much. on for you? You, you guys, you, you're busy. This is a busy week for you in America. Uh, yeah. You know what? It's, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. Honestly, I didn't, um, I voted, uh, but I didn't, yeah, of look, course. I, I, it's Wednesday morning after, after an election. And to tell you the truth, I didn't even turn on the TV. So I have no clue what happened last night. I, that's you commitment. Know, this that, is, that's, that's commitment. The, the thing is, is this is, Right. So number one, the, the results are baked. Everybody's voted. Um, results are baked. Watching it isn't going to change it, right? Like a, a watched pot never boils, right. right? If you know that, that old yeah. logic. So yeah, yeah. if there's, if there's a delay in the decision or if there's any kind of, you know, like delay in counting mail-in votes and all that kind of stuff, it's not going to be prevalent anyway. So why sit there and, and bite my nails as people yeah. who have a, a vested interest in the outcome, try to prognosticate about 
who's gonna who's gonna win. Um, and number two, honestly, people are gonna hate me for saying this. Don't say but, it. Don't say it. Okay, I won't. Never mind. Um, <laughs> uh, on, honestly, to you know, I think there's a I think there's a lot of weight put on presidential election, but I think there's a lot of other stuff here, thank goodness, that matters in the way that the country runs. And so, you know, um, you know, people were really upset. There were a whole bunch of people, believe it or not, they were upset that Obama got elected president, um, thought the world was going to end for, for eight years, the world was going to end and we were going to become a communist country and sell out to the world and the, the you know, we were going to yeah. let the United Nations run the United States and we were going to be sued by international courts and all this stuff. You know what? It's never as bad as what the people who are who are really um, upset uh, want to push. And I think you know, I think the good part is is that you know, no matter what the outcome of those things are, we still have other ways to make things happen that we want to make happen. Right? We have Congress, we have a Senate, we have uh, local activism, we have all sorts of things we can do. So for me, it's like okay, maybe the person I voted for didn't win or won. Um, but doesn't mean that life's going to stop for the next four years. So, you know, I, I, I forge ahead with this is the reality that we live in and what's the best way for me to make an impact positively based on that without, you know, getting stuck in my head that I can't do anything because the person I didn't want won. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm not going to be paralyzed for four years. So, well, so what's the point? And I'm going to, yeah, like I'm going to, I'm going to take what you said and, and make it negative. Um, you know, no, but I I agree with you. I, I think, I think people have to spend less time. I, and, and I, I feel the same way in Canada. Um, we don't have, I was just talking about this with someone actually where we, we don't, we don't really have two party politics up here, but we being a smaller country, we, we do have, we have probably two very, we have two federally very prominent parties. Um, and then we have a couple offshoots from there that you just know are never, they're never going to be in a majority seat, right? They're never going to, they're, they're, they're just in the house to, to oppose what they can and kind of remind people of what's important to them. And, um, but I think what people need to focus on more is not the person or not the people, but the yep. system itself. Cause that's like, for me, both in Canada and America, like, the the whole democratic system to me is just it's just broken as a as a as a tool yeah. Yeah. it's just broken as a tool i don't care who i i don't care who is in power it's yep. it's the system that allows good or bad people to be to to get into that position to even put themselves yeah. um in power and that's that's where the that's to it, me where it's it's the system yeah and like you said it, it doesn't matter things are going to keep going forward and as, as long as you know as long yeah. as the system stays the way it is, it's, it's, uh, it's a system, man. You know, <laughs> the world, the world's just broken. Yeah. Like, I mean, and I'm not discounting that I'm not discounting that policies and that things can right. affect other people disproportionately and that I'm, I might not be in a privileged position, you know, based on, you know, the type of work that I do based on where I live, all these things. Yeah. Right. So I don't, I don't want to discount that for anybody and I don't want anybody to hear that wrong. I just want to say that the question is now what? Okay. So something yeah. happened that you're not, that you don't like now, what, what do we do about it? Like, how do we move forward in a positive way? And I think, yeah. you know, I think that's the hard part, you know, and I, 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 so I just try to ascribe to that, but I believe, I, I agree with you. My, my big thing is, and 
you know, I think I've said this on online, like I, I can't get excited about either side because I think they're both very similar in a lot of ways. And, and uh, it's an interesting, uh, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic. And I think, you know, we're, I think the, the second that you can become a public servant and make 300,000 or $400,000 a year, quit your job, live in Washington, DC, take lobbyist money, leave a millionaire from being a politician. I think the minute you have that type of system, you attract the wrong type of people. And, you know, yep. my, my final closing point on that is, you know, like in the beginning, people had to go back home and work, you know, like when you were a Senator, we've, you, didn't, yeah, we've you, talked didn't, about this. you yeah. didn't make enough money. Exactly. Right. You didn't yeah. make enough money to live somewhere else. You went yep. in for your session. You, you voted as a public servant. You got paid a pittance for traveling back and forth. Yep. You went home and worked and you had to see Joe and Jenny and, Bob and all the people who voted for you in your district or wherever you were at. And uh, you had to run your business and be subject to the laws that you passed and see how they affect people in real world. And then hopefully you went back and did something that uh, was, was impactful, you know, to everybody around you. But now we don't have that perspective anymore, right? It's, it's gone. So uh, there definitely needs to be a flush here. I don't want to belabor yeah. it, but yeah, I think, I think um, anyways, my, my point was, Watching it wasn't going to change it for me right. and my plans for today and what I'm going to do as my job don't change based on what happened last night. And so uh, why spend a whole bunch of time on it, um, yeah, the, do my civic duty and go from there. So the, the election is like the equivalent of the, I think the American election and even into the Canadian election at times, it feels like it is the largest, would you rather game that you'll ever play? <laughs> yes. You know that game, right? Where it's like, would you rather do something this disgusting and awful or something this disgusting and awful which would you rather <laughs> which would you rather and you just have to pick run and you're like you okay I, I mean i played the game I, i'm i'm in what am i gonna do i gotta do it you know yeah. everyone tells me that my 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 would you rather matters <laughs> yep you know? i i played i played yeah. so that's good but uh so now I, let's safely move away from political yes views. yes i hopefully we navigated that well <laughs> enough that we didn't upset anybody um yeah. but yeah let's move away from political week. you know this weekend jared you know what else was halloween uh, halloween and and av in the am i'm gonna i'm gonna do a hard segue into oh. into a topic we wanted to talk about this morning Okay, but I, I want to pause that because I want to talk about, I want to tell you something really cool that happened yesterday was, um, we've talked about it a couple of times, was um, doing Kobe indexes yes, as a team or as an individual to get an understanding of your cognitive abilities. And so yesterday I had um, a gentleman come in by his name is Warren Berry. He's a local here um, that he facilitates workshops to understand as a team the impact your Kobe index has and how to work with it. And I got to tell you, it was, um, it was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. And, and the reason it was awesome is because maybe it's Warren's messaging um, or, but it's also tied in with the Kobe. The thing I liked about it was there is no strength <laughs> there is no weaknesses actually in the Kobe index. It's just the way you operate. And so it's really encouraging to have someone else come in and say, you know what, like you're not an organized uh, person in the sense that you feel like you should have, you know, like this, like society tells you, you should be organized, you know, have your calendar laid out and have this filing system nice and neat. And if you're not that, you know, you're, then you're a chaos. And it's, it's, it's cool to have someone come in and be like, look, you have a way of organizing things. People just don't understand it. And that's okay. 
and and I and I feel like you and I I think I can't remember your 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 Kobe what was your what were you do you remember your numbers four two nine three yeah so a four two nine three uh yeah you're 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 a little bit I'm looking at mine here you're a little bit lower from me and a little bit higher on the quick start but so you're a similar person where you may not have everything nicely filed and foldered and organized and maybe you do when you're not working on it but when you go to work everything's out and you know where it's at, you know? And so anyways, it was just a really good morning workshop to remind people that, Hey, like, it's okay that you're, that you operate this way, but play to that strength and build yourself success. Because when you start trying to conform into another, uh, into another innate ability that you don't have, you're going to drive yourself crazy. And then you, and then you do feel guilty and you do start thinking that you're a failure and it was good. It was awesome. That's really cool. I like that. I like that you did it with your team. Yeah. Um, you know, back to backtrack, you use the conative word and I, you know, that's as opposed to they, and they, they differentiate that from cognitive ability, right? Like, you yep. know, actual, like forward thought, it's more intuition, emotion, gut based, right? Is your conative, your uh, conative. Mode. Yeah. It's instinct. Instinct. Yep. Yeah. They, they, yeah. He, he described three area, three silos basically of kind of your human psyche, I guess you would say is you have your cognitive, which is like your IQ, Yep. Education, your knowledge, your experience. You have your affective, which is like your feeling, your emotions, um, that 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 side of it. And then you have your cognitive, um, which is the the claim they stake is that it never changes. Your instincts, you're born with them. It doesn't matter how you were raised necessarily. Um, you you behave with your instincts a certain way. It's really interesting stuff. I love it, man. I love it. I was encouraged so, also to do my strength spinder the other day. So we'll have to talk about that sometime because I had finally I'll, done that. I'd never done do that mine. before either. I'll have to, yeah. Did you read the book and then do it? Um, I read the book a long time ago, oh, but, okay. the, but the version of the book I had, there was a code in there to do the thing, but the, because it was a used book, I borrowed the book, the, the code had already been used. So I never actually <laughs> took the formal test because it was, again, it was 50 bucks and I didn't feel like spending the 50 bucks at the time. Yeah. Um, but I had a great conversation with someone the other day and uh, she, she recommended I take it. Um, or actually she didn't really recommend I took it. Yeah. Um, I asked her just some general impressions of me, which I sometimes do with people and put them on the spot kind of weird and, and ask them <laughs> to write down, you know, some, what they perceive me as. Yeah. And she actually framed me through what she thought my strengths finder would be. And, uh, like the five nice. she thought I was in, she got two out of the five, right. And a couple others were close. Um, but yeah, it was, it was interesting. So I finally took it and just to see what it was, but yeah, I think, I think the more that we understand about the way that we operate, um, the way yeah. that our people operate, um, you know, uh, I think it's, I think it's immensely beneficial to business. I know Steve Greenblatt who was on the show also yep. put up, you know, he's doing some of that, the disc profiles or, uh, or was it Myers-Briggs? One of the two personalities tests. He One had of the two personalities. Yeah. He was, he was putting that up on LinkedIn about running a workshop on that. Um, so I think the more that we know about our people, especially for small business owners, cause we can, yeah, it's um, easier. or, or it's if we run small teams, I have a small team, I don't own a business, but it's easier, right? Like if you know the three yeah, or four people do it with your department, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do it with your department. I mean, if like, like Warren did the workshop and he said, you know, we did it with our leadership team, which is only uh, five of us. And, and he said, it's much easier to work that way because yep. when he, when he does do larger groups, he has to split people into pairs to do a couple things and yeah. um, it's cool. just more intimate and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to make an impact in your business, you have to know your people for sure. Right. Not only, yeah. You know, and like, what's funny is 
um, because I've always claimed that we're, we're like a company based on, on personal growth and development, we just happen to, to do AV. It's just one more step, right? It's just one more step to helping our own people understand themselves and then understand that when they find something challenging, it may not necessarily be because they're, you know, stupid. It's not because yeah. they're stupid. Yeah. Or, you know, it's because it's against what they, yeah. it, it's just against the way that their brain processes, you know? And so lean on someone else that their brain processes that better and they love it and it brings them joy, you know? Yeah. I heard, I heard Gary V, you know, social media guy, Gary V one time Never talking about, uh, he was talking about this with somebody <laughs> on the phone and the person would said, well, I'm just, you know, like, I'm not, um, I'm not motivated or like, I'm not, I don't do this well, or, yeah. you know, they were kind of putting this all on themselves and he's like, you're not passionate about it. Like it's yeah. you're bored. You're bored. You're bored by it. That, yeah. That's the reason you don't do it. You, you put it off, not because you can't execute. It's because yeah you're in the wrong thing. Like if you get in the right thing, like there's, you have no choice but to execute because you, you love it. You know, you're passionate about it. Yeah. And um, you know, he said one time about, you know, he was talking about entrepreneurs in general, but he was saying, you know, like, just like somebody loves fly fishing or NASCAR or whatever, he yeah. loves building businesses. So like he doesn't get burnt out by working on it 16 hours a day, just like you wouldn't if you got to do, the hobby that you're most passionate about. That's it's just right. his, his hobby's just always been business. And so it doesn't, well, you know, it doesn't affect yeah, one of the, way. one of the things, one of the things that Warren drew out on our whiteboard was this, 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 he did this ring, right? He drew a ring and on the outside ring was incompetent in, and then one ring in was competent. One ring in was um, excellent. And one ring, and then the center was um, unique ability. Yep. And he, and he said, he posed the question, he said, where's the trap? Like, where's the trap for most people? And what's interesting is the trap was at the ring of being excellent at something. And he said, why is that a trap? And he said, because, you know, or we said, we said, well, um, the trap is because when you are excellent at something, all of your accolades and all of your appreciation come from outside sources and so you're like oh okay i guess i'm really good at this i should keep doing this and so you kind of like just live at that excellent level but the point was that if if you could move into that center ring and do something that not only you're you obviously are excellent at but that center ring is what is where you appreciate what you're doing and you love what you're doing. You don't need the outside support. You know what I mean? You, you get it because you're very good at it. So trying to find your unique ability. Um, it's just, it's just all really that stuff. I love that stuff. Yeah. I get that. So yeah. that, that mode where you're excellent at something, your, your energy is dependent on outside recognition. Whereas yeah. when you're in your unique ability, you're, you're being fulfilled inside. So the outside right. recognition is there, but it, it's not what's driving you. So and you, you continue to work even when the outside is, is quiet, which is and, hard. And which no, is hard. and no, and, and the monetary, the monetary concern goes away as well. Right. Like, yeah. like, or it's not the primary concern. Right. Cause I think up until excellent, you probably, that's where everything's like, well, I'm very competent at my job. So I, sh I should be paid accordingly because that's how I'm rewarded for it. Yep. Or I'm very excellent at my job. Everyone around me tells me I'm excellent, so I better be paid for it. But then when you get into that unique ability, it's like, you know what, man, I love what I, I just love what I do. I happen to make money at it. It's good money. Um, I need to live, but I love what I do. Yeah. You'd adjust your life if you had to, 
to yeah, continue. 100%. Like, like yeah. if it didn't pay as much, you would change the way you lived to accommodate what you do as opposed to the opposite, right? Like, yep. I think that's, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I love it, Anyways, man. Yeah, I thought of you a couple of times in that workshop. I was like, man, Mark would love this. I would have loved it. I love, yeah. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff in general, so. Um, so we are, yeah, okay. Let's jump to what I had, what I had sent you on, on Sunday there. And it was after the AV and the AM session, yep. um, as hosted by Christopher Neto, CTS at Chris underscore Neto on the Twitter. <laughs> Good. Nice I, shout I, thought out. I, I thought I would do a full shout out for him. You upped, time. you upped the well, shout out this time. I feel like he's, I feel like because of our celebrity dominance that he may be fading into the background and so i had to remind people of who i think so was. especially yeah. on wednesdays too i mean yeah. i think on wednesdays the av daybreak hashtag comes out and, and it's that's like, right yeah it's going crazy <laughs> and but, you know uh, and people forget who chris netto is altogether. i mean it's i get it and, and he's 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 lame right now i know in the, in the physical sense you know he's hurt stepped in a bear um, trap <laughs> so he poses the question uh, this is where I think this is where I can't find it because like I told you, I'm an old man when it comes to Twitter. Um, it says, have you ever spent time chasing gremlins on a project and, and where, where those gremlins were those gremlins equipment related or design related? Uh, did it turn out to be a simple flip of a switch or was it ultimately a product flaw? Have gremlins ever cost you a client? And in there, someone posted, and I want to say that it was Michelle Lorette, 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 I think. Yep. Sounds French. Yes. Let's go. I, we're going to go Lorraine. She's Michelle, in Texas. Michelle, Michelle Lorraine. Okay. Yes. Um, anyways, she had posted a story. And at the end of it, she said, AV is always uh, guilty until proven innocent. And I just thought, um, I, I just love that statement because I know the amount of times that we have, we have got roped in to an issue that a customer is experiencing only to determine that it is their HVAC mm -hmm. or it's their network or it's their, um, you, you know, like just, just their, it's their not us is basically, <laughs> it's their not <laughs> us. And, and I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on this because this is one of those things that I think like, I feel like people might feel like they're isolated that man, does, does everyone get this call that, ah, you're, we're having issues with the so-and-so system and then they, they is they, they, they go and spend the time and they troubleshoot. And then at the end of it, they're going to the client saying, well, here's your problem here. Like your, your IT department came and they changed this. Um, they changed the subnet and it removed our device off your network, which means it couldn't communicate with this device. Yep. And now, and so here's, Oh, by the way, here's a $400 bill for us to tell you that it was your own internal issue. Yeah. So and how we, you've dealt with that, yeah. We, we had that. I've had it a couple times. So, like, I know um, when I was at Horizon Display, they, they built, um, you know, interactive panels, interactive touch panels, when nobody was really building touch panels other than, like, Elo Touch and a couple other companies. Yeah. And so when I was at Verizon, they used to take apart Samsung, you know, TVs. They had a, they had a clean room, and they would put on IR Touch or Capacitive Touch and new glass and everything yeah. else and put the bezels back on. And they had – they had a relationship with Samsung that they could do that and, and maintain warranty and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, I remember one time we, we had uh, screens go in a hospital. And if you think of like HIPAA rec regulations that we have here in the United States, the yep. health information 
protection, privacy and, protection and, act? yeah privacy and portability act I oh think, right actually. right um uh, i had to i had to define that portability is part of that um, oh, I had to, I think I had okay. to define that for uh, Bradford Ben because he won't let us use acronyms. But anyways, um, <laughs> because of that, like many, many times what happens is, is, is the AV system goes on the guest network yeah. in, a, in a healthcare facility because the right. guest network is already physically isolated from the hospital network. That's right. And so um, we had digital signage doing interactive and every night it would update um, based on the, the refresh. And uh sometimes the screens wouldn't get updated and they would call us and like your stuff's not working and your players didn't update last night and we don't have the new content and blah, 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 blah. And uh, it was one of the things where IT um, had certificates for devices on the Wi-Fi, and the certificates would yep. expire after a certain amount of hours. So you wouldn't notice it during the day because once the download is done, the, the signage is playing off the flashcard, right? In the, in the unit, but it goes out on the internet every night and yep. gets, you know, the new update or on the network. Um, so, you know, several days in a row, us chasing stuff and then figuring out that the certificates are expiring so that at the end of the day, when they try to connect, they can't um, because they're, so we had to get like, you know, certificates that don't expire for certain IP and MAC addresses within the building. Yep. Yeah, there's, a, there's an example, right, where something in the IT. Um, one interesting one I heard about a couple of years ago, and honestly, I don't know enough about this, Jared. You might know more about this. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this by saying Mark Coxon does not know enough about this to make this <laughs> as intelligent as it should be. Sure. But, um, you know, networks have uh, like a clock, like a sync clock, right? That, yep. Like a universal time code that they're yep. using within the network. And uh, in a stadium, somebody, one of the dealers that I worked with when I was at Barco um, had commissioned a QSC QSYS system in the stadium. And yep. all of a sudden the audio system started flipping out and um, they were running. It was, there were two devices, both trying to run the master clock on the network time. And okay. it was screwing everything up in the network, right? Like there were two different ethernet, you know, based systems and they both thought that they were, the boss yep. and they would change the clock back and forth <laughs> and then it would screw everything up that would, that had been done. And they, they had kept having to go out there for audio issues um, for sync. And they figured out that they needed to make sure that only one thing was running the clock. Right. So it was, there are always those interesting, yeah. yeah, those, those network conflicts are huge. I've also had weird things like, um, you know, like our audio system isn't working and our microphones aren't working and, this could have been on us. I mean, it could have been on an AV uh, side. In fact, I think it was, but it was just one of those gremlins that you chase where you figure out that the church is really close to the fire station and that the, whatever band of radio that you're using for the wireless right. microphones is getting interrupted by some stronger traffic in the area. And I had that. I had that with a, a TV station um, downtown. We did, a, we did a church downtown with wireless mics. Yep. Um, we just, the environment called, we, we just had to with the environment. Yep. And uh, then I think maybe it was like three weeks later, we learned that there is a like um, broadcast booster station on a rooftop next to yep. us or near us. And it, I, I mean, this is way above my technical pay grade, but apparently that's what causes problems. Yep. <laughs> so we, yeah. when I was on, when I was on the resi side, we used to do this neighborhood in Arizona where, um, you know, we would run RG6 for yep. uh, subwoofers. 
So if you had a home theater, we'd run piece RG6, terminate it with an RCA sure. at the end, and you just standard. use that as your- Very standard. Right, for a subwoofer cable. Yeah. Um, well, apparently, same thing. It was close to a radio station. People would be like, "My, I'm so hearing this, noise. Yeah. I'm hearing, like, my system is off. Like, yeah. I've unplugged everything, and my subwoofer is playing noise. It's unplugged from the wall, and it's yeah. getting noise. And the RG6 in the wall was acting like an antenna with the radio station around the corner. Like you hear about people with their braces and they were, yep. they were getting, even when it wasn't powered, they were getting some kind of, you know, noise from well, the radio station. Especially if it's coiled, right? Like, especially if it, like we've yep. had issues where we've left coils of, of slack in, in a ceiling and it, there you go. There you go. You know, we had, um, we had a, just, just the other, it, this, this struck me even more because I know over the last week, our service department was dealing with a, um, a client that is, they had an issue with, uh, it was a Crestron Mercury, a flex system. So it was a team's room and it kept freezing on them. Okay. It kept freezing on them, kept freezing on them. And so we, we we're trying to deal with this and we're saying like, you know, what are the issues you're experiencing? Like, has anything changed? No, nothing's changed. Like we, we came into the room and it's locked. Okay. Let's power cycle the unit. Uh, you know, kind of standard stuff. And, um, what ended up coming out, out of it after a couple hours was we, we, we finally talked to someone new and they said, well, nothing's changed, but I know that our, our IT guys had some issues with the printers earlier this week because we changed to the, the facilities network instead of our own. Oh, there you go. And we're like, well, okay. So <laughs> anyways, so we, we phoned the IT company and, you know, we want to help. Right. And I think, and that's what struck me about it too was, do, do AV integration companies just want to help? And that's why we take this on. Are we, are we so, are we not so confident in our equipment that it's like, okay, yes, we work with iffy stuff. It must be our issue. And so, um, yeah. So then we also learned in that same instance, now this, the, the, the network change didn't cause the freezing, but it did put our units offline. And so we couldn't remotely access them. So that caused issue number one for us yeah. but the second issue the reason it was freezing was because at the same time that they did that the it company also changed the team's credentials uh, and so the crestron kept trying to log in and then after it tried to log in and it failed so many times it just froze yeah there you go and yep. so you know i mean unfortunately we had three to four hours especially because we had to remotely do this um for this client we have to send them an invoice but it you know what I was thinking is, well, why didn't they call the IT guys? And it's probably because A, they don't realize that this is a networked device and that it's even tied to the IT network. And wow. two, even if they did, I think because IT companies are so advanced compared to AV in their billing and their managed service plans that the client knows it's going to cost them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I think they get away with more from an AV integrator than they would with their their MSP, you know? Yeah, I would agree with that. I would say, I mean, I honestly would say, to answer your question about why we do this, I, I honestly think most AV companies, and it may be the large conglomerates, not as much, but especially companies like the one that you and I work for. Yeah. Um, we, I, I think part of the value proposition that we make to customers is that we are focused on the user experience and the end user. That's right. Right. And because we have personal relationships, you know, with clients, I mean, a lot of your clients probably know you, Jared, and you're the business owner, right? Like, yep. because the client knows you and you're the business owner and you're in the business of making people happy and making their lives better, that 
because you live that kind of ethos inside that like you want to help yes as much as you can and even if you have an inkling that it might be some other issue you still want to offer that user experience you want to you want to save the client the extra phone call save the client the extra four emails trying to go back and forth to get info like you're trying to help by yeah. taking things off the plate the value proposition is we are going to help you run your business so you don't have to focus on this tech stuff that you don't like to focus on and even in that case where you had to charge them for three or four hours, the whole point, the whole fact that you were able to take all of that discovery process off of them instead of saying, prove that I'm guilty and then I'll come out. This is the guilty till proven innocent, right? Yeah. You didn't say prove that I'm guilty and I'll fix it. That's right. You said- Which is, which is, a, tip, which is a typical response in, in most, I think, service businesses. It, it is. They will, yeah. they will say, um, well, from my side, I can't see how this is my problem. Well- and, and just to confirm while you're going here, yep. that's exactly, that was the first response we got from the IT companies. They said, no, I can see that device online. Yep. Oh, right. okay. I get, oh, okay. <laughs> that's, there it is. There it is. Yeah. It's right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, I think we have this, you know, we, we uh, have put ourselves, I think, somewhat in that position by being user centric. But I think, I mean, imagine how much time and effort you saved that company going back and forth between four yes. companies just pointing their fingers in a circle, right? Like you came out, you said, let's do an investigation then. And you said, it could be us. You, you acknowledged the fact that there was the possibility that it could be your problem. We'll come out and help. And if it turns out not to be a problem, you know, we'll tell you whose problem it was. We'll fix it. We'll help fix it. And we'll get you to the right person to recoup whatever you need to recoup. You know, right. I think, I think that's, I mean, I think that's just part of the value that we sometimes offer and, and it's almost like, it's almost like we're ambassadors of technology or, you know, or um, yeah, ambassador might be the best word because the other fear that I have is to, to, I mean, I have the, I, I don't want the customer to have to go and speak to their IT or their MSP, you know, and get overtalked. Yeah. And so there's a bit of a lack of trust from, I think our side too, saying like, okay, I want, I want to, I want to protect you in this. And even though I know it's not my fault that this happened, I have the ability, this goes back to, I think maybe way back when we were talking about like your innate ability to help someone. Mm -hmm. And if you are in a position where you can help someone, you should. And so it's like, well, I have the ability to stand in front of my client and speak a little bit of the language that this other trade or other third party interference um, is going to throw at them to make sure this gets handled. Right. And so, and it doesn't always play out in a, in a conflictive or combative role. I mean, sometimes we phone the other company and they're like, Oh, I didn't even realize that you guys had that. Yeah. Let's get this sorted. Right. And then, and then you work together and it's done and no problem. And I think that's the optimal, that's probably the optimal partner or vendor partner relationship that a client would have is where every partner they work with is like that, right? Yeah. And I, I think this goes back even to something we were talking about at the beginning of the show when we we're talking about, um, you know, cognitive abilities and effective modes and all these other things. Yeah. Um, you know, in a way, if you think about, if you think about where most, and I'm not saying all, I'm not going to categorize all people, but I'm going to say this is like, if you think about where most AV people started or came from, they didn't come from trying to create a technical career. 
right? They didn't come from the same backgrounds right. that you might have with a traditional IT person who loved to code, who loved to do all of these things and then said, oh, I'm going to, you know, develop software because I like coding or I like sitting, you know, in my room and working on my computer all day, yep. right? Like most AV people came from backgrounds where they were the volunteer at church or they were the person <laughs> in the drama club. I mean, you listen to all the profiles yeah. that we've done on people here, or they were yes. in the drama club or they were on the TV yeah. news like Kevin Hartman, or they were, you know, they were a roadie with a band or they were a musician that was trying to yeah. make it. They came from places that were environments that were highly social. And the type of people that they are, are, you know, in a lot of ways, I think a lot of AV people are people pleasers. They like people. They yep. want to help people. They came from social environments outside of AV and got pushed into a place where now that there is very technical and we still need those people that are very technically minded on our programming staffs and stuff. So I know we have those people in our industry. I'm yep. just saying there's a large contingent of our industry, especially in sales, I would say, and in management that came yeah. from those other worlds. And so that, again, that those cognitive skills, those instinctual modes of operating are still there. So those people, even though they're in a technical world now and they could very well say, prove it and I'll fix it. That's just not the way they operate in life, right? That's right. It's they almost like, they yeah. Don't. It's almost like more so the client isn't saying, hey, AV, you're guilty until proven innocent. They're saying like, hey, I'm helpless until you support me. Yep. And we go, oh, I don't want you to be helpless. I like That's that right. guy. And I yeah. want him to like me. And so and I'm I want go them to help like, him. And I want them to use the system. And I want it to be productive and collaborative. And I want it to do all the things that it says it should do on the sell sheet. And I don't care if some guy changed your credentials. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to, I mean, like yeah. I'm going to try to be fair and run a, a productive business. But That's right. I mean, how guilty do you feel about sending? I mean, even when you said I had to send him a charge for three, four hours. You're feeling I mean, bad about that. And you know, it's right. just, you know, it's justified, yeah. but see yeah. your, your initial reaction is I would like to help with that. Again, when you're talking about your, your uh, unique, your unique yeah. skills, you would unique like to help. York. You would like to help. Yeah. And you're not worried about the money when you're helping, you want to help. And then at some point you have to say, well, it, it's business sense that I, it's a necessity that I bill for this, but you still feel bad about it. You feel bad about it because the person you are wants to help without worrying about getting paid. You know what protects us against most uh, invoice battles on things like that is communication. Yep. It's, it's 100% communication and it's, and, and when we communicate, um, I'm not going to say we embellish, but we are very clear about what we are doing in order to come to a solution. Hey, client XYZ, we looked in from our side and everything looks okay. However, we have a suspicion that this may be causing us an issue. And so if you provide us with that contact information, we'll look into that for you so that you're not chasing these gremlins around. Yep. And so, and then when we, when we speak to, you know, third party XYZ, it's like, well, email the client back. Hey, we spoke with so-and-so. This is what they're looking into. And we'll let you know when they reach back. I think, and, and so I think you're right. I think the convenience invoice is going to come. Now show them the convenience and the value that you've provided by managing this for them, right? So if you just say, you know, um, yeah, I'll look into that. And then you phone their IT company. You're like, yeah, can you change those credentials? And then you know, and then you send them a bill and it's like, well, this is 300 bucks. Well, what did you guys do? Well, I had your IT company change your credentials. So yeah, it was no problem. 
Yeah, I think I always liken <laughs> I always liken that to the auto mechanic, right? So like yeah. if if you get a bill from the auto mechanic, <clears throat> let's say let's say your alternator goes bad on your car. Mm -hmm. You get a bill from your auto mechanic for five hundred dollars to fix the alternator. And it just says fixed alternator, five hundred bucks. Fixed. Like you're like, <laughs> geez, that seems like a lot of money. Like an alternator is like 150 bucks and you yeah. charge me three hundred and fifty dollars to put it in. Like what's what's going on with that? You know? They don't do that. So if you, if you look at your bill on the auto mechanic, the way that the auto mechanics like put a, put a bill together is removed and replaced yep. cabin air filter, removed and replaced, yep. you know, Inspected. everything, they, ex everything yep. they had to move to get to the alternator is listed that we took this out, yep. we took this out, we moved this over, we did, we took the fly belts off. We, then we put the alternator in, then we had to replace this, then we had to tension yep. the belts and we had to replace that. And then when you look at that, you go, geez, they did a lot of stuff for 500 bucks, right? Like, yeah. And it's, it's there. And it's, it's not, and I think what people have to remember too is you're not, it's not defense first. It's explanation and information first with a built-in defensive system. Yeah. You know, like that's what you're getting. You're, you're getting both. You're achieving, you're achieving all that at once. But anyways. Yeah, I, I think, and I think, you know, for me, and some people operate differently, but I've had people do explanations, but I, to customers that were highly technical, I think in a way to prove that they were valuable. Yeah. Um, I've had you know, that. so I remember going to a church once and I was, it was a church that we ended up doing the audio system in, but the people that we were competing with had put together this report and the report was a hundred percent accurate. So, so let me just say this, that the report was accurate. What the yep. report said was From a technical standpoint, it was all accurate. The, the report was accurate. The, the, the advice was sound. Like I'm not throwing the other company under the bus for like trying to be deceptive. They weren't using language to try to trick the customer into doing something they shouldn't do. Yep. Um, you know, but they're looking at, they're looking at this thing and they were saying, you know, your STI is low because your second and third order reflections off of XYZ are, you know, coming back and creating a delay of X amount of milliseconds and blah, 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 blah. And the pastor at the church looks at me and goes, what does that mean? <laughs> like, like what, it, what does that mean? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, <clears throat> that means the sounds bouncing around a, a lot in here and it sounds muddy. And he goes, Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, like just that kind of like extra step to say, like, you may write that in a report, but yeah. it, you, like, I would never deliver, I would never deliver that report without a, without a conversation on the level of the person like talking is, about it. Right. This and is it, like why AV companies still suffer on SEO. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's one of those yeah. things that like, I'm like, they're completely right. Like, so, you know, they're right. The sounds bouncing around a lot in here because you've got one zone of speakers. Some of the speakers are 50 feet above the floor on the vault. And some of the speakers are 10 feet above the floor. They're all in the same zone and they're, you're yeah. playing them, you know, super loud in a room that's, right. you know, so I'm like, so we can do a couple of things. Like you can put acoustic panels on the wall. Like aesthetically, you guys don't like that. So, you know, we can, we can try it a couple other things. And so we did some modeling and did the whole, you know, the ease modeling of the space yep. and mic'd a bunch of different seats and mapped everything out and, you know, got some nice line arrays and tuned them in for different zones and, you know, different, uh, different gain settings, depending on if you're thrown to the front row or the back and did some, you know, uh, did some speakers in the back for, on a delay for, you know, reinforcement in the back and, 
and just said, Hey, look, you know, when the church is empty, it's going to sound different when you put, you know, crude, crude saying, but meat in the seats, you know, meat in the seats is going to make this sound a lot better. We gave them like a small, medium and large mass version. So we're not throwing the line array to the back of the church when nobody's back there for a a wedding, right? It's only using the front two to to hit the middle and and back. And it worked really well. But like that conversation took place. I mean, it was a hundred thousand dollar job. It wasn't a huge job, but the reason that we won that job wasn't because other people were deceptive or they didn't know what they were doing. It was just because we were almost like you said, from the user experience side, you know, we had, we had the conversation, we had the conversation, right? Yeah. I mean, we had a, we had a real conversation about what we're doing, why we're doing it in terms that other person understood. I think that's a yeah. huge qualifier, right? Is that yeah. empathy to know, you know, you can give somebody technical detail and maybe you want to give them that to prove, you know, that you're not well, know your audience. Leg. Yeah, no, know your, but know your audience. Yeah, so. know your audience. Yeah, if you're talking to, yeah, if you're talking to the church minister, you're probably not giving him specs if you're yeah. talking to his his in-house IT or AV if they happen to have that. But you could probably go a little bit more technical. But yeah, yeah, they, um, you know, and then like yeah, exactly. So it's it's an interesting it's an interesting mix of things. But I think you know, uh, guilty till proven innocent. That's I I loved the term. I, I think so. I, I think and I helpless think you're right. until uh, helpless until supported. Yeah, helpless until supported. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Awesome, All right, man. my friend. I, well, I, I know you got to get on the road. You got to. Yeah. You got to. You got to cross the Great White North this morning. I, it's, there's no white. It's the Great Prairies today, my friend. You're gonna ford rivers. And it's a beautiful. I'm gonna. I'm gonna post a picture of of Crest Prairie hills. Sky later because it's so. There's no hills here, but. Um, <laughs> cool, man. Just emotional ones. All right. Well, hey, thanks for thanks for bringing an awesome topic. I love talking about it with you. I'll let you get on the road, and uh, I'll throw this out later. And when you get back on the Twitter, and once I figure out what happened last night in the United States, and you know, <laughs> I haven't good. been on the Twitter yet. I don't want to get it. I don't want to. Yeah, spoiler. it's a busy, it's a busy universe. All right, man. Okay. Hey, take care. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Navy Daybreak, and we'll see you next week.